0: crime, cases, and backing the blue. Now here are your hosts, Captain Ed Mehmmet and Detective Kevin Schroeder. This is Joe Diamond, producer of Cop Talk. Ed and Kevin are out on assignment today, but they'll be back next week. As American citizens, we ask young men and women to put on a uniform, pick up a badge and gun, and guard that thin blue line between civilization and chaos. We ask them every day to risk their lives so that America can, can go forward. They have our back. But what happens when the community no longer has their back? What happens when radical cop-hating groups like BLM and Antifa turn American cities against the police? Well, we know what happens. We just need to look at places like San Francisco, Seattle, Los Angeles, even my beloved hometown, New York. My guest today is helping to turn the tide back in society's favor. Malcolm Chackery leads Back the Blue, one of the nation's largest grassroots law enforcement support groups. Back the Blue has over 200,000 members. I encourage all our listeners to find Back the Blue on Facebook and add yourself to its growing ranks. Malcolm, welcome to Cop Talk. Let's start out by uh, talking a little bit about, about your background.
1: So, uh, I come from a marketing background. And, um, you know, business owner develop websites, you know, help people show up in Google and social media, things of that nature. So digital marketing and, um, you know, that's what I've been doing for the last 20 years.
0: So, uh, clearly all this stuff has been
1: helpful. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, um, I was not, so I I was, you, you know, I understand the space, I guess, you know, some people don't have that, um, you know, don't have that experience in starting up a group, you know, so I've I've done other groups as well. So kind of had a, a hand and, you know, help in starting that. So
0: is this is this one of the bigger groups that you've been involved with?
1: It is, it is by far the largest group um, out of uh, the groups that I uh, run and manage. I have a local group for my community here in Grand Prairie, and um, called Grand Prairie, Texas talk, and it only has about thirty one thousand members, but it grows consistently. Hmm. Um, I've noticed with the back, the blue group, Facebook has limited the growth of it. Right. right. So it is uh, stayed at two sixteen, you know, for a while. And, um, you know, so uh, Facebook is going to do Facebook. Yes. You know? they, they love censorship and. Um, you know, and, and I think part of that comes with the people that hate cops, the haters out there come and report posts. So Facebook doesn't have a way to figure out that people are swarming and trying to, you know, take down, you know, positive messages mm-hmm. that are uplifting for the law enforcement community.
0: Well, um, how did you start the group? How did you start Back to
1: Blue? So, um, After the incident in July of 2016, you know, where, uh, five Dallas officers were killed, uh, in, in downtown Dallas during a black you know, a BLM rally, right. Um, you know, early on, um, shortly thereafter, you know, I wanted to create an environment where people who supported law enforcement could show support for law enforcement without, um, you know, without fear of being retaliated against. Right. And I had to make a decision whether to keep the group public or private. And I decided that it shouldn't be private. People should be able to openly show support, but they should be around others that feel the same way they do. Right. And and it's okay, You know, this we're, we're also open to those people who might be on the fence. Because we want people to see the human side of officers, so uh, unfortunately, oftentimes when we're posting, posting um, on the group, you know, it's oftentimes we're losing officers, you know, to unfortunate incidents, shootings, things of that nature, and that seems to be when the group grows. It's when something bad happens. But also, we like to share the officers either engaging in their communities. Doing fun activities, things like that, so that people can see the human side. And we have all sorts of people in the group, ranging from officers themselves to spouses of officers, to family members, to just regular people like me who grew up um, respecting law enforcement and recognizing that they're there to do a job, they're there to keep us safe, and At the end of the day, they don't go out with bad intentions, um, you know, to harm others, you know, on on a daily. So.
0: Um, So were you civically active before founding the group? Yeah. In my community,
1: you know, yes. um, I've been a part of Rotary and I have served the local YMCA on boards, Uh, I've been on the Parks and Recreation Board here in my community. So, yeah, I served on that Parks Board for six years. I've done a lot of fundraising for a lot of different organizations, uh, such as scouting and, you know, different organizations. YMCA, like I said before, uh, theater uh, organizations like Theater Arlington. So, you know, I have always been civic minded. Um, You know, in fact, after college, I took off two years to be part of something called AmeriCorps, uh, which they had a city year program,
0: and we volunteered. Hang on one second. I don't know if you can hear that, but that's genuine NYPD sirens in the background of my apartment. Were you able to hear that? Yeah, I can definitely hear it. Yeah. 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 Very very fitting. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I think that, um, you know, anytime an officer, you know, gets a call, you know, and, and I've heard these stories, right? They get a call, they're going to the call, and they might see something very horrific on that call. Hmm. And then they're supposed to compose themselves and go on to the next call, right? They've seen some of the worst things that could possibly happen, and yes. then they're supposed to just, at the blink of an eye, go on to that next call, right? And I think that we don't know what they just saw. Or seen Same. or witnessed, right? So we have to, you know, treat people, you know, with kindness, regardless of, you know, um, y- you, know you don't paint the picture of one person based on the actions of another person, right? So um, you wouldn't go to one restaurant and you got bad service from and blame every other single restaurant right. that's just like them because you got bad service at one. So I think that uh, we have to be mindful of that.
0: Yeah, and uh, I, I think with police, it gets—it's uh, even more true because there are um, thousands upon thousands of jurisdictions in this country. You know, there's no one police force. There's there's Correct. there's towns and cities and, and counties and uh, you know state police forces and you know, federal. Um, so you know, obviously there are, obviously there are bad cops. You know, there are some bad cops. I mean, I, you know, based, uh, I've never seen evidence that it's anything beyond an incredibly small fraction, but okay. So let's say you have a bad cop in, in, you know, somewhere in, in uh, Missouri, just as an example, how can you hold that against the NYPD or the LAPD or, you know, the Texas Rangers or, you know, the Dallas PD it's, it's, there's, there's, it's, there's something very illogical about about making that conclusion and i've heard you know you're right joe i've heard officers
1: say you know no one likes a bad cop more than a good cop right, right. like you know there's no such thing as you know uh, a perfect human being right so <laughs> we're, we're all humans we're we're going to make mistakes and just because i have a group called back the blue i don't relinquish my rights to call out a situation that might be wrong or not look right and what i have learned is not to judge an officer based off a 16 second clip hmm. because i've learned that you know there are things that could have led up to that right and um you know what we oftentimes see is what they want us to see to see one side of a story so yes i I, I like to hold true. i like to hold judgment until i see the full picture
0: and it's you know it's going to get tougher um in the coming years because of ai because of artificial intelligence because of uh the ability to make deep fakes and you know we're going to see this from the uh the, the fund abolish the police crowd they're going to be uh they're going to have access to this technology too and they're going to make some horrifying videos that um are going to try to demonize the cops and you know it's going to be very we're going to have to those of us on you know to support the rule of law we're going to have to be very smart about this and and, and uh, examine all this propaganda very carefully to see you know where it's coming from and 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 to try to figure out well clearly this is fake clearly this is uh You know, they're trying to twist people's uh, thinking about this.
1: And, you know, you're absolutely right. I think there are two parts to this, right? I think that there's an opportunity for the public information officers from these departments to immediately come out and call them what they are. But at the same time, we all know that the truth, you know, a lie rather can make itself clear Mm -hmm. around the world. Before the truth has the time to put its shoes on. Yes. Right. So. Churchill, I think so. Oft- <laughs> oftentimes lies are out there. Yeah. And the truth is playing catch up. Yes. And by the time. And and you know what? Th- that dirty old disinformation thing. Yeah. Right. Like people. We don't like misinformation. And and here's the thing. I believe. And this is a weird one. I believe that the First Amendment protects misinformation the same way it does you know anything right yeah as human beings we need to ask the questions you know the when what where when and how right and is this true you know and we need to be able to verify that and i try to teach my kids that don't just trust anything you see try to verify it through several other sources right before you make a decision on what your position is going to be on what, what it is that's
0: happening. Well, it's uh Ronald Reagan's famous motto, right? Trust, but verify. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Without a doubt. So, so what's the, what would you say is the core mission of back the blue? Really to be a positive
1: light, you know, during, during tough times, right? Like a place where people can share, you know, you, you have, officers who are joining, you know, departments across the country. And sometimes the mother is a little bit nervous about their kid going on and joining the police department. Sure. And they might share a picture of their, you know, their kid joining the department and they can immediately be surrounded by others who can assure them that it's going to be okay and that they can thank them for their service mm. for their, to their community. And immediately, those people feel a sense of pride in what they're doing, you know, and they're getting that support from others from all over the country and in some cases all around the world. So for me, it's the core mission is just to support law enforcement and be a positive, you know, thing that they can always turn back to. And in some cases, We'll share fundraisers. We'll share things. We've never fundraised, but we'll share other approved fundraisers to help people. We've had situations where people were looking for a kidney donor, and we'll share that for a fellow law enforcement officer. Right. So I think that um, anything we can do to help, you know, the people that wear the badge and their families,
0: you know, we try to do. For an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Let, let me ask something because I know you you put this on Twitter, so I, I think it's okay for me to mention this. I know that you are um you're in line for a, a kidney transplant. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, sir. Is how is that going? Is it okay that I'm talking about this? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. So um, you know, um I had a, a foot surgery and the foot surgery went well, but a secondary infection popped up. Eesh. And It caught them using the antibiotics that were so strong that it caused the kidneys to shut down. Right. Right. And so, um, so I've been, I'm now on the kidney transplant list waiting for a donor. And uh, I'm doing well though. Like it's not interfering with my day to day activities. Um, I get to do dialysis from home and I consider myself to be very blessed. Um, no blood involved it's um peritoneal dialysis and um you know I, I feel that i'm still way more fortunate than many others that are in you know tougher situations you know loss of limbs you know can't walk you know things of that nature
0: so malcolm if uh, if anybody wants to reach out or um is there a website they can go to if Cop talk listeners what you know think they can be of help or you know
1: Yeah, uh I'm trying to think. Um so goodness gracious, like I don't have a website um for myself, right? Um but I would encourage uh folk I don't know if we can put contact info or anything like that, but um my email address is just my first name at my last okay. Malcolm M-A-L-C-O-M at dot and okay. they can email me but um i want to um pull up there is a uh donus awareness program um called the uh david Nick- nicholas organ donate donor awareness foundation and that website is nicholas foundation n-i-c-k-l-a-s foundation f-o-u-n-d-a-t-i-o-n.org okay. and i'm bringing that up because um it's good to know about organ donor awareness because there are people that might not know that as a living donor you can save lives today right like you can donate an organ and save lives today you don't have to die to share your organs so um quick little story I heard the person um, Rodney DeBon, who's behind this foundation tell his story of receiving a heart transplant after somebody passed away he received a heart and I signed up for organ donor aware um, I signed up to be an organ donor at one of his events not realizing that I someday would be in a situation mm. where I would need a um, a donor so I, I think it's Interesting how that works out. And that they're a great foundation here in Grand Prairie. And um, they help people from all over the country. So
0: so it's Nicholas Foundation that they're in Yeah, the, the Nicholas Foundation Correct.org. Uh yeah, spell out the website one more time. Yep. It's uh
1: N-I-C-K-L-A-S-F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N
0: dot org. Okay. Thank you, Malcolm. Yes, sir. Um, so get, getting back to the group, how did it grow so large? Uh, and how specifically, how long did it take to break 100,000? Yeah, you know,
1: uh, it started slow, right? I'm Well, no, l- let me say this. I would say that in the very beginning, it started pretty strong to get to 10, 15, 20. And unfortunately, the only time it grows is when there's a tragic incident. And that's super unfortunate. Yeah. Right. Because then people start share like somebody, and I'm not the only one that posts in the group. In fact, I rarely post in the group. It's mainly others from around the country posting in the group. And I do believe that is why the group does so well Mm -hmm. is because it's driven by the people, right? It's not by me. And that's kind of a secret sauce, if you will, to why many of my groups do so well. It's not just me posting stuff that I want to post. It's a it's a large portion of the public posting what they want to post and me simply approving.
0: Right. So so, so this is obviously, clearly a very active membership. I mean that's yes, sir. That's the that's the secret sauce. You know, that it's you
1: know. very very active. Tons of posts. I would say hundreds of posts every single day that are pending
0: approval. And when when did you hit the 200,000 milestone? Do you remember? Goodness gracious. Uh, You
1: know, I want to say around the time of, you know, when Black Lives Matter was burning down cities. Mm. And, um, you know, Officer Dorn, uh, you remember that tragic incident when he was shot? Uh, inside the pawn shop, you know, um, and his family was in our group, you know, and, um, I think that just in general, I I know that Facebook has throttled our group, you know, they don't suggest it. And, uh, I I just know that, you know, people have tried to label it as hate, you know, um, some, um, some departments have taken away the back the blue motto, you know. And to me, I, I just think it's you're you're giving in, you know, uh, to to the left in a way that, you know, they don't want us to be, you know, supportive of law enforcement, right? And it's sad. And it's not everyone on the left, but there's the fringe people that just don't want to support law
0: enforcement, and I don't see why. Well, I, I think I get it. I mean, the, you know, the, the hardcore left, the, you know, the, the real Marxist revolutionaries, um, they they know that the only way that they're really going to, uh, you know, destroy this country and take it over is by neutralizing law enforcement, you know? Correct. There's, there's just, there's, until that happens, they, they really can't make much progress. You know, as long as law enforcement is there, um The rule of law will, you know, has a chance of prevailing. So I think that's part of the uh, part of the reason that they're trying to undermine cops. It's like, you know, they get rid of get rid of American law enforcement. The world is theirs.
1: Right, exactly. And it's like, hey, if we can pick apart music, if we can pick apart. um, Goodness, butter. Right. If we can get rid of the crazy syrup, you know, Mm. the. Aunt Jemima, right? Like let's just take everything and re tear it down and rebuild it, right? Yeah. So uh so it's very unfortunate.
0: But you know, that's why I'm glad there's groups like yours that are that are holding the line, you know, and that are that are back, you know, literally backing the blue, supporting the uh, supporting the thin blue line. Um what, what are like what, do, what are the most popular posts in the group? Do they tend to be a uh, memorial type post for, you know, cops that have memorial it. type
1: posts, um, types of posts that, um, you know, officers, um, that are new to the department or, you know, an officer that's, you know, in their squad car and they just take a picture of themselves, um, you know, in that moment. Right. And mm-hmm. people just want to support those people. Right. Um, the type of post where, you see officers sitting at a table inside of a restaurant, and the post says, "Would you buy these pe- Would you buy these officers lunch?" You know, and um, stories where videos where, you know, cops pull over to play basketball, yeah, you know, with kids. You know them. what I mean? Like just showing that you know these are the things that the news media is not going to share. They're not going to share those stories, right? you know, and it's up to us to do it. I I quite frankly don't care if the news shares it. You know, I think it's our responsibility. It's the parents' responsibility. If there's an interaction happening between a cop and their kids, that's on the parents to share and us to magnify that, to show them that when you do, you know, when you capture a moment like this, that. These are the types of things that we want to see. And these yeah. officers deserve to be recognized. You know, that kid with the lemonade stand that, you know, that the officer shows up to and buys lemonade from and interacts with that kid. Right. And, and those kids are going to remember that for the rest of their life. You know, they might forget that they sold, you know, uh, how much they sold, you know, but they're going to remember that that cop took the time. To come see them and buy sure. lemonade from them and talk with them so
0: it's important it's funny like my, my my uncle he was an auxiliary police officer for the nypd and one of my earliest memories of him and i, and I think of, of cops in general it's like one day he was getting ready for patrol and yeah, i must have been like maybe three or four at the time and it's the first time i'd ever seen him in, in full uniform in uniform and I was, you know, I I had no idea, you know, that he was he, he's, he was involved with policing. I was like, oh, is this GI Joe? Like, like who is this? Who is this guy in uniform? Before me, my uncle. It's you know, is he some kind of superhero? And right. you know, he explained to me what he's doing, and I was like, wow, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I'll never forget that that first sight of him in, in full uniform. It was right, so- exactly.
1: You know, and I had a story like where, you know, as a kid, we had like a, a volunteer fire hall. And they would do a fundraiser, a barbecue, It'd be a pretty big barbecue, and they'd have a truckload of corn and it needed to be husked. The husk, you know, it needed to be taken apart, right? So yeah. that it could be cooked. And huge truck load. And and if you volunteered, you got free barbecue, you got several free barbecue tickets and drinks nice. for you and your family, right? Yeah. So me being poor, I'd show up. <laughs> One of the people that was overseeing that operation was a state trooper. His name was Andy Paizo in New Jersey. And he sat down while I'm working. He goes, Malcolm, you seem to be a good kid, but I noticed you're hanging around with this kid, TJ. I was like, he's going to get you in trouble, you know, and if you hang out with him, he's going to get you in trouble. So I knew how to hang around with my friend, TJ. Enough to stay out of trouble. So when he did something stupid, I'd remember Trooper Paizo saying, stay away from him or you're going to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. My friend spent most of his adult life in prison and his youth life in prison. Wow. I did not. Right. So I never got in trouble. So these officers, sometimes that conversation. I'm from the old school. I'm not, you know, I'm not in my, you know, I'm only 44. But I'm still old school enough to say, hey, we respected the words from those in a position of authority enough to take what they said, you know, and trust it. Yeah. And he was right. Yeah. Right. His gut was right. You know what I mean? And uh, he's retired now. But, um, you know, I I tell the story because, you know, I had stories like that in my life that kind of shaped and molded me as an individual sure so
0: yeah you know you know going back to my uncle like he yeah so he was uh an auxiliary cop but he was also friendly with you know a lot of local firefighters and as a kid he used to take me like to the to the firehouse and yeah so uh, i mean i i I was kind of getting like these i don't remember exactly the advice i was getting from these these authority figures but i think it was something similar like they were you know telling me hey you know make sure you're a good kid make sure you know yeah
1: you know? And they and that yeah. was like it was built into them. And I think that um they knew what they were talking about. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? They've been yeah. around the block, they did it, they seen it, right? So they know it. And you know, I don't think you you you'll see too many cops, police officers, who would say they were perfect, right? Like there's plenty of people that, you know, um you know, they got in trouble too as kids sometimes, you oh, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I, I think the the worst thing I ever did was like vandalism, right? Like, you know, messing around egging houses or, you know, toilet paper and how, you know, trees and stuff like that, you know? Uh, but if you didn't do that, you weren't living life. Right. But, um, you know, but you didn't know any better. You were just like, Ah, we're out having a good time. So youthful shenanigans, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but when my friend wanted to steal cars, I was like, ah, you know, I'm not going with you. You know, you're mm. on your own on that one, buddy. You know. So, uh man, yeah. So, I, I, th- I think of the uh, life experiences that you learn along the way are valuable. So,
0: so, um, do you have any future plans for the group? may know that you're you know you started to get some resistance from facebook so yeah
1: i would like to continue to grow it um i've tried to keep it apolitical to some degree there's some times when i'm just like i'm sharing this into it you know and you know the people on the left can get upset you know what have you but there are some things that are just ridiculous you know i think that you know. I wish there was a way to use it for more good to affect policy. You know, we've tried that in some cases when there's candidates running so that we can support those good candidates that, you know, support and back law enforcement. Right. right? Because that's important to me. Um, You know, the fundraisers being able to use organizations like fund the first that, support, you know, giving money to law enforcement. There have been situations with like
0: um
1: GoFundMe where they've deactivated fundraisers. And you know what I mean? And because they're more conservative based. And yeah. I would I would like to see us, you know, have a more pivotal pivotal role in, you know, enacting policy that helps law enforcement, right? Like district attorneys that don't prosecute crimes, I'd like to see, you know, our group have some impact there, putting pressure on these prosecutors to do their jobs, you know, to not take money from, you know, uh, outside organizations to be influenced in prosecuting crime, you know, um, their jobs to prosecute crime and criminals, right? Or people that are indicted, so um police officers are having to you know uh, make arrests they need to know that their arrests are going to be backed when they make them you know so uh I would like to see more action in that regard
0: Have you do you have a good sense of um the the geographic breakdown of, of your members
1: yeah, absolutely. I, I, they're spread out all across the country, but a large portion in Texas, and of course, there's a large portion in New York. Um, I could, um, while we're here, I'll see if I can um, pull up kind of a, you know, uh,
0: let me see something here. Does that actually does Facebook make that information easily available to to group leaders? You know, to group. Uh, they do. Uh, they they do.
1: They they get to show. How many people posted? Um, who the top? Um, who the top contributors are? Um, yeah. So, uh, for example, but the they, top posts
0: and. But did they give you like a geographic breakdown at all? Like a demographic breakdown in that sense? Because that's very helpful for the type of political advocacy that you're talking about right like if you're, you know.
1: yeah they do i'm just trying to find it um mm-hmm. because um it, facebook changes some of the stuff that they do and they don't always make it easy so uh yeah so the top cities as of right now it's showing uh new york uh, but the numbers are really weird i mean because it shows new york is the top city then Chicago, then San Antonio, then Fort Worth, then Arlington. Yeah. Um, which and then Grand Prairie, then Philadelphia, then Jacksonville, Phoenix, and Houston. And I um those are the top, you know? So New York, Chicago, San Antonio, Fort Worth, Arlington, Grand Prairie. So I, I'd say that's a pretty you know, Chicago, Newark. Now, what do you what would you assume would be some of those top drivers for Chicago and New York to be the top two?
0: Well, um, OK, so you obviously have terrible crime problems, in both those cities. You have very, uh, very large police forces who are, who are overwhelmed. You've yes. Got, in New York, you've got Alvin Bragg, who was one of these prosecutors who doesn't believe in prosecuting criminals so right. that you know, that could be driving it. Um, you're spot on. Yeah. You see what I mean, yeah. and
1: and it's only showing me, you know, the top ten or so. So, um, but Fort Worth, Arlington, and Grand Prairie, that you know, that's like, it's funny how it's not listing Dallas, right? Mm-hmm. Because I know there's a lot in Dallas, so I wonder what some of these. You know, look like what these algorithms are doing because it's showing there's only sixteen hundred from New York. We know that's not the case, right? Um, these numbers are not just not adding up. So I do believe the relevancy of New York and Chicago being in the top two, but I know that Dallas has to be up there because Houston is up there, you know, in the top ten. see right. so um, so anyway, and and Philadelphia, is in a similar situation, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, but Austin is not in it. And why isn't Austin there, right? Austin's not there because Greg Abbott put DPS state troopers to work the crime in Austin. He assigned Department of Public Safety to Austin to help with the crime problem in Austin.
0: So so how many DPS agents versus local police?
1: That I'm not sure of the number on, but, you know, DPS is definitely involved, um, you know, in Austin.
0: So th- this actually leads me to um, to a uh, I think a question that we can wrap up on. Uh, I know you're uh, not within the group, but I know personally you're very, very patriotic and you're very uh, strong supporter of President Trump. Uh, if, if he gets back into office, what would you like to see him do to make law enforcement great again and to make law enforcement effective <clears throat> again?
1: You know, that's a tough question for me because I'm not in law enforcement. Right. I know that Trump supports law enforcement. Right. right. And I know that there is a sense of uh, pride in um, knowing that you're supported. By all of your leaders, right? You do not want the target on your back. So I would like to see stricter, you know, stricter laws enacted in these cities. I would like to see funds poured into these cities where that they're hot spots and get those cleaned up. Mm. Right. Like give the officers the support they need in order to clean up the cities that, you know, are being run into the mud. And somehow figure out a way to make these district attorneys prosecute crime, which is darn near impossible. Yeah. Right? So I think that um, I would love to see officers paid more. And, you know, but I don't know that that money would come from federal funds. I'm big on seeing cities and states have full control over you know, their budgets and their, their, uh, law enforcement, you know, less government is best. But I think that, um, making law enforcement a priority of just him, just them knowing just officers knowing that he has their back where they don't have to be fearful of, you know, criminal charges from federal government, You know, while he's in office, because that's happening where, you know, everything gets looked at as a hate crime when, you know, you have less than a second to respond in some cases. And these officers are having the fear for they're either going to lose their life and go to jail or they're going to lose their life and not get home to their families. Yeah. So either way, they're screwed. So uh, we need to protect them. If you if you kill an officer you get the death penalty. You know, make it plain and simple. Yeah. You know what I mean? That would be nice. You know, let it be known. I mean, you know, a, a speedy trial. You know what I mean? A uh, really speedy trial and, you know, um let it be known that if you do that, you're gone. That's it.
0: I just even that phrase let it be known, it carries almost a biblical weight to it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. that will you know, that'll help to to reinforce the, the, the serious intents of whatever that, you know, whatever yeah. the law is, let it be known yeah. that if you take a cop's life or if you, you know, your life is forfeited. Right.
1: Absolutely. And I think that at the end of the day, these officers, you know, they're not going out with the intent to do harm. They're not, they, they're, they're trying to make it through their day. Yeah, They're trying to do their job. They're trying to keep people safe. And if you decide that, you know, you're nervous, Okay, great. I understand you're nervous, but just respect, you know, the situation. Make it home, right? Cuz if you decide to run or pull something on an officer, it's not going to end well. Right? It, it never I've never seen it end well when you try to pull a weapon on an officer or run and reach for something while running. I've never seen that work out yeah. well. You know what I mean? So stay calm as you can and if the officer has done you wrong then you get to live and go tell your side of the story yep. to internal affairs or to an attorney or to a judge you know what i mean so that's that's all i'm saying is is you know just stay calm and there's no th- there would be no reason for the officer to escalate now if the officer is somehow overly escalating the situation, then that should be documented and brought up at a later time. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, just live, get through it, you know, and then tell your story once you've made it to the other side, you know what I mean? Out of that circumstance.
0: So, Malcolm, you know, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for backing the blue as, as um, impressively as you're doing, you know, through social media, through your other efforts, um, you know, we'll have you, I'd like to have you on again. You know, we'll continue this conversation and at some point we'll have you come on with our our regular hosts who are two law enforcement veterans. Um, and, you know, I'm proud to say that I'm a member of your group too. So, you know, I look forward to working with you more in the future. And- um, Well, I, I appreciate it, Joe. We'll speak very soon. Sounds good, my friend. Thank you,
1: Malcolm. Take care.
0: Thank you, everyone. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to Cop Talk and you can also follow us on Twitter at CopTalkWABC. That's at Cop Talk WABC. Until next time, stay safe out there. Thank you.